Welcome to Locked On Warriors. On today's show, can the Warriors carry over their preseason success into the regular season? And can Steph Curry win his third career MVP? That's all coming up next. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a Monday edition of Locked On Warriors, the only podcast bringing you the latest on the Warriors every day, Monday through Friday. I'm Wes Goldberg. However you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Got a great show for you to kick off the week here, and boy, what a great week we have. The NBA regular season is starting. We are 24 hours away from the opening night where the Warriors are going to help open up um, another NBA regular season, and I think this is going to be a much better season for the Warriors in the last two years because the last two years kind of sucked. You know, the end of last year wasn't that bad. But uh, having not ma- made the playoffs the last two years, the Warriors are coming into this season more motivated than ever. There's a lot of things going on there, and I will get into how Steph Curry can win his third career MVP later on in the show, as well as what other Warriors could get in the mix for other NBA regular season awards. And then we're going to uh, go over what the Warriors are doing with the 15th roster spot. I know they made a decision on Friday night to leave it open, but they're only leaving it open for now, possibly. Might be able to make uh, to fill that spot later on. So we'll get to all that here in a moment. But first, we got to talk about an undefeated preseason um, for Golden State. Um, really impressive overall. Uh, I think anybody that watched the Warriors in that preseason had to come away impressed with not just the scoring from guys like Steph and Jordan Poole, but the ball movement. Some of the stuff that we saw in defense. I mean, there was just, in certain lineups, moments of dominance. Moments of, oh, this this team looks like playoff ready. And look, I, I me and a lot of people thought that the Warriors would kind of come out of the gate in the regular season maybe a little slow because they're dealing with injuries to Clay Thompson and James Wiseman. They're, they're, they're folding in a bunch of new players into the core night-to-night rotation. And, you know, usually you see teams that are in that situation kind of stumble out of the gates. But... In respect to the Warriors, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. In fact, I think it's going to be quite the opposite. I think they're going to come out really strong um, to open the season. I know that the the first you know week or so of the year is a little tough for them as far as the schedule is concerned, but let's look at these, these preseason stats really quick. Uh, first of all, Warriors, uh, this is their league ranking through the preseason, out the preseason over, is over. Third in offensive rating, uh, with an offensive rating of 118, points per 100 possessions. That's uh, basically behind the Dallas Mavericks, uh, who are at number one at 118.5. So just a smidge below the Dallas Mavericks. And we expect with Dallas, with Luka Doncic, the way that that offense has been historically great over the last couple of years, Dallas could realistically finish number one in the regular season in offensive rating. So the fact that the Warriors are there, it's a small sample size, the preseason is. But the fact that Dallas is up there too, you feel good about how that might be more of a representative sample if Dallas is up there and they have historically been there. And the Warriors are up there. And they obviously have a top scorer in Steph who finished, uh, and the Warriors, by the way, two top six finishers in points per game in the preseason, Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. Um, so that's good. First and three-point attempts per game at 53.2. Now, I got some heat from you guys for saying that, hey, 69 three-pointers in that first preseason game in Portland was too many, and I didn't love the way that the offense was was functioning. And a lot of people said, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. They blew the Trailblazers out in the first. I don't really care about scores in the preseason. Um, and I and I don't know that 69 three-pointers is, is a lot. But Steve Kerr said, hey, look, he said this over the weekend, 
If we take 83s in a game, I'm fine with it as long as they're good looks. And that's really where I'm at too. I don't care how many threes you take. It's not a raw number to me. I just want them to be good looks. And for the most part, I thought those 53 three-pointers they took per game in the preseason were overall good looks. There's other stuff that I would take back, maybe some early shot clock stuff that I thought, okay, maybe move the ball around a little bit more. Uh, and I think the and by the way, the Warriors would tell you that too, but it's the preseason, they're all getting used to each other. Um, but as the starters play more, and this will get me into my next stat, I think the quality of shots will get better, as will the percentage. Yeah, first in the preseason three-point attempts per game, but 15th in the league, right in the middle of the pack, and three-point percentage at 34.6%. Um, not a great percentage, not an awful percentage. 15th is literally average, but um, I do think that that percentage will creep up the, as Steph Curry plays more minutes, right? And obviously, the percentage is going to go up the more that Steph is shooting. I think Steph should take 15 threes a game this year, at least, like minimum. There's... Not a bad three-point shot on the floor for Steph. Um, you know, you're going to get Klay Thompson back at some point. You would think that that's going to help the three-point percentage by the end of the regular season. Um, you're going to get guys, you know, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, rookies who aren't going to be playing as much, playing less in the regular season. Um, you're gonna That's just going to help that percentage go up a little bit more. So I'm not that concerned about the three-point percentage overall. And I'm not, and I think that by the end of the year, the Warriors could lead the league in three-point attempts per game as well. And if you're a team with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson eventually coming back, you probably should, right? Um, and then ninth in rebounding, that's fine. Like I, I'm not a guy that's like, hey, this team needs to be top five in rebounding. I think rebounding is a little bit overrated as a stat. If you're making shots and you're playing good defense, you can usually counteract, uh, counter, uh, counter the rebounding deficiency a little bit more. Off, and obviously, as far as offensive rebounds go, I would rather my team get back on defense than crash the offense, uh, than crash. Um, the boards there. I'd rather just get back in transition and guard it that way. But still, being top 10 rebounding is pretty good. And then first in assists at 29.8 per game, um, tied with Dallas, actually. So uh, the Warriors and Dallas both tied number one in assists at the end of the preseason with nearly 30 assists per game. And that obviously reflects in the offensive rating that we just got done talking about Dallas being number one and the Warriors just a smidge behind them in offensive rating. Assists are really going to matter, and I think Dallas is going to be up there in assists. I think Golden State will be up there. And there's there's a bunch of teams you watch across the preseason that um, are already going to get the sense, going to hit the ground running from a pra uh, passing standpoint and a chemistry standpoint. And I think the Warriors are going to be right up there. Um, wouldn't shock me if they finished number one or in the top group there, you know, in assists by the end of the regular season. So that begs the big question. Is that preseason success... A sign of things to come in the regular season. Now, there are some things in the preseason that went the Warriors' way. They were playing a bunch of teams that were resting starters, a bunch of teams that were injured, stuff like that. But again, that's the record. That's the overall. The, the Warriors could have played this way and lost every game in garbage time and been, you know, defeated and not won a single preseason game. I'd still feel good about them. Like, the record doesn't matter to me in the preseason. I like to see what they're looking like in the first half, what the chemistry looks like. And to me, when the starters are in, they look really good. The guy, the guy, the the new guys like Otto Porter Jr. and Amanda Bielitsa, who you thought might need some time to get used to the the system and everything like that, haven't needed time. They look great right away, um, and obviously the emergence of Jordan Poole is a big deal as well, giving them a legit shooting guard option. Where going into the preseason, I think people were skeptical, including myself. Like, what's what what are they going to look like without Clay? What are they going to look like without a legit shooting guard? I mean, they went into last year having gotten Kelly Oubre. Obviously, that didn't pan out, but at least you knew what the answer was going into the season, right? You knew who was going to be starting there. Eventually, Oubre was replaced by Kent Bazemore, who I thought did a nice job for them down the stretch of last season in that playoff push. 
going into this year, we didn't know what to expect. Uh, but Jordan Poole has more than earned that that shooting guard spot. That's going to be his um, until Clay comes back. And so you feel better about that. You feel better about the starting lineup in general. Um, I think Yvonne Looney has quietly looked good. You know, not missing a step from last year. He's not a big. He's not a loud producer, right? He's not going to go out there and get you ten points, ten rebounds a game. But he just does his job. He's in the right place defensively. Perfect glue guy for a, a, a starting group that has Steph, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, all guys who are going to need the ball in their hands to a certain degree. Kevin Lamoni obviously does not. Um, and like I said, the other role players have stepped up. So, look, I don't know that the Warriors' preseason success means that they're going to be... They were one of the top teams in the preseason. I don't know that they're going to be one of the top teams during the regular season. I think there will be uh, hurdles that they have to get over. I do think that the injuries that they are facing will at some point catch up with them, right? Because if you're already two guys down on a 15-man roster, that makes every other subsequent injury that that much more impactful. Um, I think there will be some of that that they deal with. I I think that there are going to be tough stretches during the season. Um, You know, if Jordan Poole regresses at all, right? I know the preseason, he looked looked really good, but we got to see it in the regular season. Uh, There's a lot of things. Steve Kerr talking about how Andrew Wiggins... Needs a couple of weeks to get into game shape because he was dealing with a couple of nagging injuries during training camp. Like this kind of stuff is natural. Um, but I will say this when you look at that group in the Western Conference, uh, that, that kind of weird group where the Warriors are in with Denver and the Clippers, Dallas, Portland, um, after the preseason, I feel the best out of that group. I feel the best about the Warriors. And I think. You know, realistically, the Warriors' outcome was anywhere between, like, number three in the West. If everything breaks right, Clay Thompson comes back 90% of what he was, looks awesome really soon, all this stuff. Like, I thought their ceiling in the West, their absolute ceiling was third in seeding at the end of the regular season. Their their floor is probably a play-in tournament team. If the depth didn't work out, they faced a bunch of injuries like Otto Porter and Bielitsa um, have historically had to deal with. Um, I still think that's right about their range. But I feel much better about the top end of that range now um, as long as they can stay healthy. I think this is going to be a really good group. And you can hear it, the way that they're talking about the team. You can usually pick up on the BS, especially if you're a reporter. You can usually pick up on the BS, just the talking. Um, but it, it, it feels genuine. It feels like they're genuinely optimistic about this group. And they should know because they know what it's been like to be a championship team. And they know what it's been like to be... Not, you know, they know what it's been like to win 15 games in a season. So I think Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, Joe Lakeup, this everybody involved, Steph, Draymond, they have such a better sense of what that is. And uh, and, I, and it sounds like everybody's really confident about this group going into the regular season, and they should be. And I'm really excited for this regular season, not just from the Warriors, because I think they're going to be a ton of fun to watch, but man, I'm just getting really excited in general. I mean, we're starting with Brooklyn and Milwaukee, then we get the Warriors game after that to open up the season. Um, it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, we'll of course have a preview of that, um, on Tuesday and a bigger season preview with, uh, San Francisco Chronicle, uh, writer Connor Letourneau tomorrow to talk about all of that. But up next, I want to get to some award predictions because we haven't really done that on the show yet. Um, specifically if Steph can get into the MVP mix, um, this season because he was last season and there's no reason to think that there's any drop off. What does that look like? Uh, what about Draymond? What about Jordan Poole? Can they get involved? and some season awards. That's all coming up next on Locked on Warriors. But first, let's talk about prize picks. Today's episode is brought to you by prize picks. Daily fantasy made easy. And easy is really what they're all about. As fantasy props and pick get more and more popular, 
Prize Picks is making it easy for you to get involved. What they do is that they host the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, offering more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. This includes the Prize Picks power play. Here's how it works predict the over under on a player's fantasy production, and you can win up to 10x on any entry. It's just you versus the projected fantasy totals, not you versus another person. All you got to do is say, hey, uh, Steph Curry's fantasy uh, target uh, projection tonight is, let's call it 30 points, uh, 30 fantasy points. You could take the over-under on that. Maybe you bet the over, uh, especially if they're betting Portland. Maybe you should bet the over. He plays well against Portland. You can win 10, up to 10x on any entry. Again, just you versus that projected fantasy total. If you're a total sports junkie, Prize Picks even allows mixed sports entry. For example, you could take the over on LeBron's score combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes' score in the same entry. And when you use the promo code NBA, you're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, just use that promo code NBA. Do it all using the award-winning app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Entries could be made 60 se- in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Plus, PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. For your second listen, get everything you need from contender to pretender around the NBA with the ultimate insider NBA season preview, the biggest and most comprehensive season preview you can find wherever you get your podcasts. All right, award predictions. Everybody loves this stuff. Let's start with MVP. Um, I think Steph has a legit shot to get back into the MVP mix like he was last year and win his third career MVP award, but he is going to have a lot of competition because we, we are currently on the Giannis feel-good tour. I think that people were sort of panning Giannis during the regular season, not really taking his MVP caliber regular season seriously. And then early on in the playoffs, oh, here we go, same old Giannis, not making his free throws, not making shots from the outside, all this stuff. Uh, and then he obviously wins the championship. And I think there, when you see something like that, you usually have that feel-good tour the next year. And I think Giannis is probably right now got the inside track on um, winning MVP. As long as he puts up regular season numbers like we've seen over the last three years, basically, um, and the Bucks continue their regular season success, again, he's sort of that feel-good star right now. Uh, so I think Giannis is there. Luka Doncic with Dallas. We've mentioned their offensive rating in the first segment and things like that. I think depending on what the Mavericks do under Jason Kidd, if they end up in the top four or five in the West, Luka's going to have a real shot at that too. And we we love, you know, in the media and stuff like that to sort of crown a new superstar and of all the young players Luca Trey Young all these guys Jason Tatum like Luca is the guy who is sort of that 
caliber, hey, centerpiece to a championship type of team. Um, I think Luka's got a real good shot at it as well. But after that, I think it's open, and I think Steph is as much in the mix as anybody else. I think you also could look at a potential Joel Embiid thing where, hey, Ben Simmons, everything that's going on with him, if Philadelphia somehow ends up in the top three or four in the East, do you have to then consider Joel Embiid? I don't think we should um, dismiss Nikola Jokic because he won it last year. Um, he's going to be in the mix again this year. Uh, I think if Atlanta repeats their uh, playoff success or builds on their playoff success, rather, and they end up in the top three or four in the East, I think Trey Young is going to get a lot of MVP love too. So there's a lot of guys who can be in the mix, but I think now people are looking forward to this Warriors team looking forward to a bounce back year for them, looking forward to them getting back into the postseason. And if they are there, it's going to be in large part because Steph is going to be awesome offensively. He was he dropped 41 points in the last game of the preseason. Um, looks like he's ready to go. Uh, obviously one of the leading scorers in the preseason. Again, looks like he's picking up where he left last season off when he was in, you know, when he finished top uh, in, in the top three or four, whatever it was for MVP. So uh, I think Steph's going to be in that mix. Um, and of all the Warriors, he probably has the best chance to win an award. But we will go through the other ones here. Uh, for example, Draymond Green. Can he get in, in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year? I'm not sure. I think he's going to have a lot of competition. You look over the last few years, it's mostly gone to, like, real centers. Uh, I know Giannis won it, what was it, two years ago? But, um, you know, you've got Rudy Gobert winning, what, three of the last four. You've got Joel Embiid is going to be in that mix. Anthony Davis, if the Lakers put a functional defense on the floor with all the offseason changes they made is going to be in that mix. He was probably the leader for defensive player of the year before he got hurt last season. I think you got to look at Bam Adebayo in Miami. He's been in that mix for a long time. Looks like he might be on the cusp of making that leap too. Um, but if the Warriors can put out a top five defense like they have, I think Draymond is going to be part of that conversation. I just think at this point, at this stage in his career, I think you're probably looking at it going somewhere else. Rookie of the year. I don't think they've got anybody uh, in the mix. Yeah, Jonathan Kaminga seemed he had moments during summer league. Moses Moody, same thing, but um, they're just not going to get the playing time. And you look at other players. Uh, I think you look at Jalen Green in Houston, uh, Cade Cunningham in Detroit. Like those guys are going to have the ball in their hands all the time. They're it's probably going to be one of those guys. I would think that when defensive uh, or, or I'm sorry, rookie of the year, um, not really a, an option for Golden State's rookies. They're just not going to have the playing time. Uh, most improved is really interesting. So. Usually I would say Jordan Poole would have a really good chance at this, and he probably should. But if you look at the last five winners uh, of, of most improved, it hasn't really been kind of quote-unquote most improved. Giannis, Victor Oladipo, Pascal Siakam, Brandon Ingram, and Julius Randle. It's less most improved, and Ben Golliver wrote this in his uh, Monday morning newsletter from the Washington Post. It's less most improved, and it's more like breakout star. And while I think Jordan Poole is poised for a leap and he could be a, a, a breakout star in the Bay Area and kind of already is, he's kind of breaking out right now. We're seeing this in person right now. Um, I don't know that he's going to be an all-star this year. And when you look at that group of five, Giannis Oladipo, Siakam, Ingram, Randall, those guys were all-stars or all-star or had all-star caliber seasons. And I don't know that Jordan Poole is going to be that productive, right? I don't, I'm not sure he's going to get to all-star level. Um, and so... Unfortunately, I do think Jordan Poole, if the award was actually most improved, I think Jordan Poole, between what he did since coming back from the G League in the second half of last year, this summer, and what he's going to do this year as a starting shooting guard for the beginning of the season, should be in that most improved mix. But unless he's putting up all-star type numbers, 
uh, you probably aren't going to see it. And you, so it's going to go to more of a breakout star, somebody like Ja Morant, who you know was the second overall pick in his draft. De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. Uh, we've kind of been waiting for him to take a leap as well. I think it, it's going to go to one of those maybe, maybe bigger name type of guys who just sort of break out in year three or four or something like that. Because historically, the last few years, that's what it's been. Um, as much as we can quibble with that. Sixth man of the year, again, Jordan Poole would be eligible uh, if they brought him off the bench. And I think by the end of the year, he's obviously going to be their sixth man when Clay comes back. But depending on how long Clay stays out, he might not be eligible. If he's going to start the, for half the year, he's not going to be eligible to win sixth man of the year, right? You have to come off the bench for more than half the season. So uh, as much as Jordan Poole might be the best sixth man by the time the regular season ends, he may not be eligible for the award if he starts a certain amount of games. So we'll see there. Um, and then for coach of the year, look, I, I think this usually goes to regular season records and uh, like adversity stories, right? So I think like a guy like Steve Nash, Brooklyn has so much talent even without Kyrie Irving that if they end up with the number one or even number two seed, if they win 60 games, you know, 58 plus games, 60 games in the East without Kyrie, then he's going to probably win this award, even though he already he still has Kevin Durant and James Harden and, and really good vets and all these buyout guys. Um, I think Nash has an inside track on that. You look at a guy like Nate McMillan, what he was able to do with Atlanta in the playoffs last year, he's kind of also on a feel-good tour. You could see you know, people awarding him if Atlanta finishes in the top three in the East. Um, and then Quinn Snyder, I think, um, you know, had a really awesome year last year. A lot of people did vote for him for Coach of the Year, didn't win it. Um, but you could see maybe people, if Utah finishes number one in the Western Conference again, um, they, you, I, I think Quinn Snyder just be based on rec. I think Utah could finish with the best record in the NBA this year, right? And if they do that, Quinn Snyder is going to have um, a good shot at winning Coach of the Year. All right, went pretty long on that overall, but um, thought it was a good conversation to have. Kind of a nice way to kind of look ahead to what this regular season is going to be. But again, I think of all those awards, Steph MVP. If I'm betting on a Warrior to win a, an award, I, that's the one I'm betting on. But um, I guess we'll see. Coming up next, uh, what the Warriors plan to do with this 15th roster spot. Yeah, they made a decision Friday night. Right now, that 15th spot is open, but maybe it won't be open for long. That's coming up next. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? There's something for everybody. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors by now, well, you're missing out. They have coconut. Cherry Garcia, or Cherry Barcia. Cherry Garcia is a, a, is a person, not a flavor. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. I love all these flavors, honestly. And this is a perfect snack for me. Now that the regular season has started, I'm going to games again. This is a good snack for me to have on the go on the way to an arena. Um, maybe after my morning workout, if I just need something quick, with uh, packed with protein, that's healthy, tasty, this is my go-to bar. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. And here's the offer. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off on your order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Thanks again for tuning in on a Monday and starting your week right with Locked On Warriors. Um, taking a look briefly at what they could do with this 15th roster spot, okay? Um, so Friday night after their final preseason game, the Warriors went ahead and waved Gary Payton II, Avery Bradley, leaving that 
15th roster spot open, choosing instead to opt for salary cap savings and subsequently luxury tax savings. And look, I think that was always the leader in the clubhouse. Joe Lacob has not been shy about talking about how much money the team lost during the pandemic, the fact that they just built a new arena, the fact that they are deep in the luxury tax already with the most expensive roster in the league already. I get it. Um, and so this is what I always thought was going to happen, especially because Gary Payton missed so much of the preseason after the hernia surgery, and then Avery Bradley didn't really like take hold of that 15th spot. Uh, he, was, he didn't really make a convincing argument with his preseason performance. So, yeah, I thought that there was a really good chance that they could leave that 15th spot open. However, as Anthony Slater from The Athletic wrote uh, over the weekend, Gary Payton II is still an option for that 15th spot. And this is what Slater laid out. Um, that basically, um, the Warriors are still interested in keeping GP2, but wanted to try to save as much money as possible. And there's a lot of penny pinching going on in Golden State over the last three years. Um, this is just another, another example of it. Because they signed him last year, because they signed GP2 last year, he was due for a second-year raise, right, on that same contract. Um, and, and part of that was going to be guaranteed. And so they waived him not only to avoid paying that salary, but also to avoid paying that, that year-two raise. They could re-sign Gary Payton if he clears waivers within 48 hours of them waiving him. If he clears waivers... They can re-sign Gary Payton back to that first year minimum NBA minimum salary. So that's going to save them a little bit. And when and you know just raw salary, it's not that much money. But when you have those luxury tax multipliers in effect, it's a lot more money, right? Um, and so that's the reason there. Um, so I I I think that by the time the Warriors open the regular season, look, they could keep that spot open. Um, it's if it sounds like Gary Payton could get offers elsewhere. Uh, maybe then they just jump into action and go ahead and grab him, um, and they save as much money as possible. They could bring him back, make it a non-guaranteed deal, and then basically have that flexibility up, up until January when all these contracts become guaranteed. Um, and so that could be an option for them, and I, I think that could be um, a good one because I think there's a lot of value for having a guy like Gary Payton being your 15th man. You just know what he's going to bring off the bench as far as a defensive presence. He's got that game-changing type of defensive ability where if somebody, if there's an opposing ball handler just going off, Steve Kerr can look down his bench and say, you know what, GP2, get in there, just disrupt him for three, four minutes, just a few possessions in a row, just get him out of his mojo a little bit. And that could be helpful, especially over the course of regular... And Gary Payton brings energy to the floor. He had those, that, those nice 12 points in that other preseason game that he played, um, mostly off of cuts and backdoor cuts and all that kind of stuff. Um, he's smart, energetic, strong, young, relatively young still. Um, I think there's a lot of value in having somebody like that at the end of your bench where, you know, he's a specialist and you know when to utilize him. Not every single night, but in certain uh, situations during the regular season could be very valuable. The other thing was that Avery Bradley, look, I think people see the name Avery Bradley. They think 3 and D. They think, you know, been in the league, veteran, smart, all this stuff. But he really hasn't been a great three-point shooter for several years. Defensively, he's not nearly what he was in his prime when he was, you know, locking up ball handlers in Boston and stuff like that. And he didn't earn the job, and he had every opportunity, but he couldn't. He didn't do enough. And I thought it was interesting, Marcus Thompson reporting that you know guys like Steph and Draymond, the veterans in that locker room, were in favor of Avery Bradley being in that fifteenth man. But I think they look at Avery Bradley again. Hey, playoff experience, all this stuff. We know you. You've been around the league. Of course, veterans want to be surrounded with other veterans. But I just, based on what I saw from Avery Bradley in the preseason, I don't. I didn't think he did anything to cement that spot. At number as the fifteenth man on the roster, and obviously he didn't because the Warriors 
front office ultimately decided to let him go. But yeah, maybe we see Gary Payton the second back in Golden State as that 15th man. We'll see. Um, but that is just one of many storylines to monitor as we go into Tuesday night's season opener. Really excited for that. Um, I'll be joined by Connor Letourneau tomorrow morning for the Tuesday. Going to talk all things Warriors regular season and more. Um, and make sure to stay tuned for the rest of the week. We're going to have recaps of uh, the Lakers game, recaps of the Clippers game, um, all that good stuff for you coming up this week uh, in a mailbag episode as well. So drop in your mailbag questions. The best way to guarantee your question is answered is by leaving a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave your question in the review, and I guarantee you, you will have your question answered. That'll do it for today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Comment and leave a five-star rating and reach me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. Thanks for making Locked on Warriors your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms.